the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. It's all I want. She's blonde, five foot two. It's all I need, yeah. And one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. This is my America. Yes, indeedy. It is hour two of tonight's Andrea K. Show, Friday night edition. A little bit later, we actually have we actually have a movie review for you guys. So stay tuned for that in case you're looking for something to, to do this weekend because the weather might not be cooperating here in San Diego. It's chilly, might be a little rainy. You might need uh, some advice on uh, some entertainment. So stay tuned for that. We also have Hero of the Week and Stink of the Week. And last night, I kind of teased out tonight's guest because we're, uh, we've got, we've got somebody who's shown up on the scene, announced he's running for president in 2024. And I'm I'm wondering, is he a hero or is he a zero? Is he an American savior or is he a Soros plant? And here to discuss is Dr. Murray Sabrin. He's author of the book, author of a few books, one uh, latest of which is From Immigrant to Public Intellectual, an American Story. And he joins me now to discuss Vivek Ramaswamy. I think that's how to pronounce it. Hi, Dr. Sabrin. Welcome to the Andrea K. Show. Well, thank you for inviting me, Angus. It's always great to be with uh, people of like-minded thinking. Absolutely. I'm also like-minded um, with uh, what I read about you from an economic standpoint. Um, you've, you're the author of uh, Tax-Free 2000, Why the Federal Reserve Sucks. I love that title alone. Uh, you also were universal medical care from conception to end of life and, uh, and, and beyond. So, um, But tonight we're talking about uh, the latest... Um, supposed hero or white knight who's appeared on the scene and just getting a lot of attention and a lot of conservatives just loving on this guy. Um, but he may not be who he seems to be. Um, take us from the beginning. He's popped up out of nowhere. Where, where has he been? Who is he? Well, he's a, a entrepreneur who's made a bundle of money in the high tech area. And so he has a very impressive uh, business resume, whether that can tr- uh, translate into a movement uh, like Trump did uh, five years ago, uh, actually uh, six, seven years ago when he ran for president, remains to be seen. I mean, he's, he said some uh, good things on Tucker Carlson when he announced his candidacy, but he also said things that uh, could be very suspect in terms of uh, international trade, which suggests that uh, he seems to be uh, in the Bernie camp, from what I heard, uh, in oh. terms of um, industrial policy, saying that the United States government has to uh, reshape uh, international trade. And that's not exactly my perspective on trade. Uh, trade is what we do in the United States seamlessly between uh, people between states. And uh, we, we should have that same counterpart in the international arena because it's consistent with the principles of free enterprise, which I've been uh, advocating for 50 years. No, agreed. Um, what what specifically did he say about trade that made it Bernie-esque? 
Well, he, he, he implied that uh, the United States government has a responsibility to bring back uh, business to the United States. And that's not the role of the federal government, to bring back business. The best way to bring back business to the United States, Andrea, is cut taxes, cut uh, right. red tape, cut regulations. And that will make the United States the haven for capital around the world. And I've been advocating this for a long, long time. Uh, we should get rid of the corporate income tax because corporations mm-hmm. don't pay taxes. People do. Uh, we should uh, really get rid of uh, onerous regulations because the, uh, those are the things that are unlegislated tax that drive the right. cost of business up. And um, we know that some states are toxic for business, and you're you're in one of them. California yeah. is toxic for business. People are leaving the states in droves. Uh, businesses are relocating to Nevada, which has no state income tax, or the state that I'm in, Florida, no state income tax. Tennessee, no state income tax. And so uh, governors and, and uh, legislators uh, who in these states have made uh, business welcome, They're, right. uh, the people of those states are the beneficiaries of entrepreneurship. And that's what's built America, entrepreneurship, not the political hacks in Washington, D.C. Right. I mean, you don't have to be Milton Friedman to realize that we've driven business out of this country because of taxation and regulation, including all the unions and labor and all kinds of crap. And you want them to come back, you know, and then at the same time that the left is pushing globalism and you want it to come back, you got to make it pot. You got to make it, you know, business sure. friendly. You got to create an environment that incentivizes them to come back. Instead, what the left wants to do is punish, is to try to punish, you know, companies and organizations as a way to force them back, right? Or to try or, or like in California, they're now wanting to tax people for leaving. You know, it's just tax and, and, and destroy. Um, so you're right. So that's a loser for me there. He's denying and he's backing off his ties to the World Economic Forum. What do you know about that? Well, uh, it's great to be seen exactly uh, what his relationship with the, with the uh, WEF was. And uh, if he could say very clearly and succinctly that uh, I had no idea that I was being nominated for this organization and that in looking over the uh, goals of this uh, organization, there's no way I want to be affiliated with it. Or do I agree with any of the goals of, uh, of having a top-down economy uh, uh, structured as, uh, the way the WEF wants to do it? And uh, there's no reason that we should take orders from a from an organization overseas. Uh, the American people are sovereign. They're the ones that have to determine how they want to live and not uh, the WHO or the WEF. So uh, uh, he has to come out very strongly against these uh, globalist organizations. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he's rumored to have ties with Soros. Is that just a rumor? What do we know about that? Well, uh, again, it remains to be seen. There, are, uh, I don't like to speculate on rumors. I like to know facts, and uh, I've done that all my academic life. When I write books, right. I like to get the facts, they, they get get the details of, of what I'm writing about. And so, again, uh, he has to be interviewed uh, on talk radio and talk TV by, by people like you who know the issues and uh, grill him and, uh, and, and uh, vet him up carefully so that your audience can understand who this person is. And he's a very young man. I think he's 37 years old or something like that. Uh, I have clothes older than that. So, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. It, 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 yeah. Uh, like I said, uh, uh, he, he has to make a strong statement of uh, not only uh, is this wokeness uh, horrible for the country, but our culture has been turned upside down. But uh, he has to talk about what I perceive as the constitutional crisis in America, namely the federal government is spending money that's not authorized by the Constitution, according to Article 1, Section 8, the enumerated powers 
of uh, the federal government. And so that's the crisis that nobody, Andrew, no, I mean nobody in Congress, even the, the best congressmen that are uh, in there, have never talked about a constitutional budget crisis. And that's what we've had for, for decades. Yeah, the only one that talks about it is really pretty much the reason why he's the only one I ever invite on my show, and that's Congressman Andy Biggs. Um, I'm concerned with Ramaswamy's ties to China and that he has formed partnerships with Chinese firms. I'm not interested in, uh, you know, to, to me right now with what's going on with China basically taking us over from within, buying up our farmland, have decades of stealing our intellectual property. I mean, we just let them fly a balloon over and surveil us. You know, am I really going to be interested in somebody who not only has these positions on trade, but, you know, is, you know, um, you know, a uh, uh, Hunter Biden with, with an Indian last name. Well, that, that again, that, that's why vetting is so important these days, because uh, we, we, we really know what these uh, individuals ties are uh, politically, economically, financially, because uh, we know people are not independent uh, individuals. Biden is not an independent person. He's been a, a, a member of the swamp for 50 years as a senator and vice president and now president. And he's the quintessential uh, 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 career politician, and we need less of that, and we need we need fresh blood. That's why Trump uh, excited so many people. He was an outsider, he never held political mm-hmm. office, and he was uh, he's the one that challenged the, the deep state and the political establishment. They hated him for it, especially the media. And so, well, uh, he also and, and he also was the first one to talk about China and what a threat they were to us. And this guy um, has a company called Royvent that partnered with the Civic Group, a state-owned investment company of the Chinese government, to launch an uh, uh, an outfit called Sinovant Sciences. No, you know, um, no, 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 no. I mean, you look at the, you look at we 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 got it. We're already too entwined with China. I'm not, you know. You, Hello, China virus, anyone? Taxpayer funds over yeah. in a Wuhan lab? Um, no. This is a, he's a, well, this, that alone is a non starter for me. And then uh, your thoughts on that situation? Well, we, we need to have transparency. That's why I'm not a big fan of what the federal government's been doing in my lifetime. Uh, it's to, uh, encroaching steadily and steadily on the American people's sovereignty, and it, property rights, individual rights, civil liberties. And so uh, I'm not a big fan of uh, any government owning property because uh, property should be owned by individuals and businesses because they're the ones that create wealth in the country. It's the government that has its uh, uh, fans into uh, companies all over the world. And the Chinese government is no different than any other government because they're power hungry. If I had to write a book about uh, government power in America, I would call it uh, money, power and sex and not necessarily in that order. Because uh, <laughs> having been a candidate for office in New Jersey, I've seen what, what uh, candidates are all about. Uh, some of them uh, uh, are scandals are uncovered when they run for high office. And uh, many of them are, are not particularly nice people. They don't have outstanding characters. And, and that's why, uh, I mean, Bill Clinton is example number one. Joe mm-hmm. Biden is example number two. And uh, th- th- these are people uh, who uh, you wouldn't want to babysit your kids. Right. Absolutely. Uh, we're talking to Dr. Murray Sabrin, author of the book From Immigrant to Public Intellectual, an American Story. Um, speaking of, uh, <coughs> I think you mentioned uh, individual liberty at some point or freedom. Uh, you know, he's uh, 
he's one of the one of the biggest issues. I was just talking about it early on the show is the communistic grab of our country and our enterprise, our bodies and our lives under the guise of covid. And that includes the shots that were forced uh, on many people with these mandates. Um, seems as though he's a big proponent of the shots. Well, that's that's an interesting question, because a longtime friend of mine here in, New, in Florida uh, he just got a resolution passed by a local uh, county uh, uh, committee, uh, Republican, uh, uh, calling the uh, uh, COVID vaccine uh, a bioweapon. And uh, that is going to the state legislature and, and the attorney general to say that this uh, this vaccine should be outlawed because it falls into the realm of a bioweapon, according to the author of uh, the individual, who uh, Dr. Boyle, who was an attorney that um, that uh, set the standards for what a bioweapon is. And so this, this is something I spoke to Joe, uh, Joe Sansone is his name, and uh, he's been doing yeoman's work down here, uh, alerting the people through his Substack column. And, uh, and this is why I think the people are pushing back because we've been lied to from Fauci and Brooks and the other people in the uh, administration back in two, uh, 2020. They lied to us about masks. They lied to us about the transmission of COVID. And uh, yep. for everything I've researched, it's... Uh, this is basically an illness that is prone to the elderly with comorbidities. And if you're in generally good health, this is like a, a bad flu for the most part. And I've known people who had COVID. They went through it successfully. And if your immune system is compromised, you have low vitamin D levels, you're not hydrating enough, uh, and you have comorbidities, you are going to be susceptible to pneumonia, flu, and, and COVID. So uh, the narrative here, uh, Andrea, and this is why I wrote two books on healthcare, is that we have to restore the doctor-patient relationship and get yes. government out of medical care because uh, there's nowhere in the Constitution says that the government's responsible for anyone's um, medical well-being. Right. Absolutely. In fact, uh, and it also doesn't say anything in the Constitution that the government has a right to yank you out of your home and take you to the doctor and force a needle in your arm, which Alan Dershowitz had said a couple of years ago. I, I replayed yep. the clip from 2020 years ago. That's absolutely outrageous. And so I am incredibly suspicious of anybody like a Ramaswamy who shows up uh, with ties to Pfizer, the Chinese government. Uh, the World Economic Forum and George Soros. Quite frankly, it, it, already at this point, he needs to get off the stage and let the and get off the porch, as we say in the South, and let the adults have a conversation. I'm not really interested in him, and um, so I'm not even going to bother to invite him on my show. Not that he would come on anyway, um, because just just a fee, uh, just a little taste of who he is. I got a, I got a text message from some from a listener asking. Um, uh, where was he born? Where were his parents? Were his parents American citizens? Is he a natural born citizen? Um, I, I'm assuming he's a natural born citizen. Um, the, the, the fact that he's thrown his hat in the ring. Um, but he's unqualified, in my opinion, uh, based upon his positions. Tell us quickly about your book. I'm curious about you, Dr. Saber, and I'm very fascinated. What will I learn about you in your book from immigrant to public intellectual in American story? Well, I arrived in America in August 1949 when I was two and a half. I came here with my older brother and my parents, who were the only uh, family members uh, who survived the Holocaust in the native Poland. My father was a partisan commander in Poland, and uh, when the Soviet army uh, uh, marched into Poland in uh, July of 1944, liberating his area of Poland, the war was over for him. And then um, in 1949, they made a decision to come to America, and uh, uh, I went to the New York City public schools, uh, uh, Hunter College, uh, 
uh, I was in college and I got my PhD at uh, Rutgers in economic geography and began my teaching career at the at Gramercy College in 1985 and retired in July of 2020 after 35 years teaching wonderful students uh, corporate finance, securities, investments, and financial history of the United States. Uh, my wife and I founded the Sacrum Center for Free Enterprise at the college uh, at, her, at the invitation of the um, of the president at the time to um, uh, provide a center for where students and, and faculty and, and the general public can learn more about the free enterprise system. And um, since I retired, I've written four books, and, and I'm making it my mission in uh, in the years that I have left to try to help restore the republic that the founders gave us over 200 years ago. And uh, as a naturalized citizen, I, I, I took an oath in 1959 when I became U.S. citizen to uphold the Constitution. And I think I've done a very good job, better than the members of Congress and previous presidents and Supreme Court justices. Uh, well, I agree. I love your story so much. I have to read this book. Um, God bless you. I love people who come into this country as legal immigrants and who uh, uh, in general and and then especially those that that love our system, understand our system, appreciate it and want to fight for it. And just God bless you so much, doctor, for being here on tonight's show. Where can they get the book? Well, it's available on Amazon. And what the publisher did when I uh, contracted with the publisher to have this book uh, get it to press, he said, Murray, you have such a compelling story. We have to price this so low, uh, $3.99 for the uh, Kindle edition and $6.99 for the uh, paperback, that people should be buying uh, scores of this book and give them out to friends, relatives, and neighbors so they can learn that um, uh, freedom is something that immigrants love. That's why they come to America. Yes. And my personal story is about perseverance, positive mental attitude, and, uh, and some good luck that got me to where I uh, had a wonderful career teaching at the college level. Well, God bless you, like I said, and thank you for writing the book, and I can't wait to read it. And thanks for being here tonight. Thank you so much, Andrea. I hope we can do it again. Absolutely. We'll have you back. Take good care. You too. All right. All right. Well, we're going to take a tiny little break when we come back. Um, crazy report coming out about young men we're going to talk about. We've got to talk about it. It's Friday night, right? Isn't that when we talk about uh, culture and dating and romance? Stay tuned. More Andrew K. Show coming up. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Um, this just makes me sad, this statistic. Uh, a, a new study has come out that 63% of men under 30 are, quote, electively single. Electively single. 63% of men under 30. Um, according to psychologist Fred Rabinowitz, uh, young men are watching a lot of social media. They're watching a lot of porn. And I think they're getting a lot of their needs met without having to go out. Excuse me? Getting their needs met without having to go out? Is that your idea of a, getting a needs met? That's part of the problem right there is we've got psychologists that actually think a young man sitting at home by himself in the dark is somebody who's getting his needs met. We were not created by God to be alone and isolated as men and women and men sitting in the dark. How, how are we supposed to procreate? Hashtag science. This is not how we were designed to be. Young men, we're, uh, young men are supposed to be out in the workforce. If you want to, if you need uh, to take four years or however many years to get an education because you want to be a doctor or a lawyer or 
you know, a chimney sweeper, whatever it is you want to learn how to do to learn a skill. And then you're supposed to get, settle down and get married and start a family. And if you don't want, you want to necessarily, not everybody has to have kids, by the way. I don't have kids. So I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that, but, you know, boy, has the, had the left succeeded in destroying the family unit in this, co- in this country in so many different ways. Oh, gee, porn is so great. Nothing wrong with people looking at porn. Let's encourage porn. Yay. Right? This just makes me sad. He says, I think that's starting to be a habit. Gee, you think, psychologist Fred Rabinowitz? Where'd you get your degree? Half of uh, single men um, as a whole responded that they are, quote, looking for just half of single men as a whole responded, quote, that they were looking for committed relationship and or casual dates. Only half are even looking for casual dates. This is just this is just really sad. Um Another uh, psych, uh, a psych professor at NYU um, said that we're in a crisis of connection, disconnection from ourselves and disconnection from each other, and it's getting worse, and it absolutely is. Here's what's interesting, though. Um, thirty Only 34, as, as compared to 63% of men, 34% of women under 30 now say they're electively single. Um, so it's much lower. So you might be thinking, well, how does that match up, Andrea? 60-something percent of young men under 30, 34% of young women under 30. That's because women are dating older than than 30-year-olds. They would have to, right? Because under 30, the the 60-something percent of men under 30 are acting like they're 13 and 14. Another factor, according to this psychologist, is another factor at play might be the interest of women changing, especially as suitors of the same age are becoming a parent. Women would rather go to brunch with friends then have a horrible date. Um, yeah, but that's a, that's still a symptom. That's a symptom. Women wanting to go to brunch with friends is a symptom, just like men watching porn is a symptom. What this is, is the change in our culture and our society. We devalue marriage. We've devalued men in this country. Remember? Remember uh, Murphy Brown? And remember Dan Quayle catching heat because he said we're devaluing men? She was the first character, I think, on TV to uh, be a single mother and they they acted as though oh we don't need men what do we need men for you know remember the Obama administration life of Julia life of Julia they had an entire character that they created named Julia on the government website and it showed uh, Julia as a single woman never marrying at least not in the traditional sense. Julia never married an actual man, but what she was married to was the government because it showed her entire life being supported by the government. And that's really what they want. Just like the government, just like the, the, the left wants you to replace God with state. They also want women to replace men and families with the government. And it just makes me sad. Uh, in the early 90s, 55% of men were reported to have six or more close friends. That percentage has dwindled down to 27%. So now only 27% of men have six or more close friends. <sighs> this before COVID. So then you add in the fact that the government's idea was, I know, let's shove healthy people in the home. Let's shut down businesses, close schools. Nobody can go out to a restaurant or a bar. Nobody can go to the movies. Nobody can go to the mall. Hey, 
you know, amp up those subscriptions to the streaming services. They want to isolate us. They want to disconnect us. It makes it easier for us to be controlled. Skins, you've got a couple young men, though, under 30, and your sons are not like this. Nope, not at all. Do you think it, do you think it, how, how were you able to, do you think it's just luck or coincidence, or do you think it has anything to do with their upbringing? Um, uh, considering I pride myself in, in being a, a sound father, it has everything to do with their upbringing. Oh, I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we got more to talk about. There's a crazy law in Florida. <laughs> Democrats sit around all day long thinking, what can they legislate? Now it has to do with your dog in a car. Stay tuned. Andrea K, the donut queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea K show on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K show. Before I get into this crazy law they're trying to put forth in Florida, did y'all know that it's kind of flipped that being short used to be bad for mortality and now it's flipped? Did you know that you've got you've got a greater chance of living longer if you're short? Did you guys know that? What are your thoughts on that, Skins? I don't like it. I'm six foot tall. <laughs> I am um, not liking this news. <laughs> um, there's all kinds of theories as to why shorter people may live longer. Um, one person said um, the reason why it used to be that shorter people um, didn't live longer and taller people, it used it's flipped. Shorter people live longer now than before is that before... Many years ago, people were, were shorter because the reason why they were short was because they weren't fed enough. They were poorly nourished when they were little. So they just, they, their growth was stunted. They weren't naturally short. They were just short because they didn't get enough food. <laughs> um, so now it's flipped and they're saying that the reason why really it actually makes sense. And if you think about it, um, Shorter, smaller bodies have lower death rates and fewer diet-related chronic illnesses, especially past middle age. According to researchers, the lifespans of shorter people appear to be longer than their taller counterparts, um, which is why um, basketball players tend to live less long than, you know, um, cross-country men who are cross-country skiers, according to this article. Interesting choice of of sports there. Um uh, soldiers that are around five foot four live two years longer than their taller comrades. I'm not sure that two years is really that much of an increased longevity. No, there's, there's so many different. I mean, you can have genetics mixed into that. It just would part of that depends on lifestyle. So yeah, two years that's not yeah. a game changer. I don't think. No, not at all. Not at all. So this is that's kind of kind of a non-story for me. Um, no, I, I think it's kind of interesting. Um, okay, so um, the new bill that they've introduced in Florida would make it illegal for your dog to stick its head out of a car window. Let me repeat that. It would make it illegal for a dog to stick its head out of a car window. This is almost like something we need to talk to Gary Quackenbush about quacking the whack. Um of course, it was introduced by a Democrat because they literally sit around all day long thinking, um, hmm. Uh, well, I know we don't have a law. You know, this is live radio. I could always cold call him and see if he wants to come on and talk about it. 
<laughs> no, we're out of time. We'll save this for him on Tuesday. It does sound um, like something they would do in up in you know one of the northern California cities. It's so stupid. Um, it's a part of a larger quote animal welfare bill, which also seeks to ban the decline of cats, create a registry of animal abusers, and limit cosmetic testing on animals. Um, I have never owned a cat. I'm curious what you guys think about a declawing of cats, whether or not you think, um, it's, you know, uh, appropriate or not. Uh, in the bill's language, drivers would no longer be allowed to let their dog quote, it's extend its head or any other body part outside a motor vehicle window while the person is operating the motor vehicle on a public roadway. Offenders would be given a traffic ticket if pulled over by the police. In addition, Dogs also couldn't be held in the lap of their owner while driving. The only ways a dog could be transported in a car include an appropriate crate, a harness or pet seatbelt, or under the control of someone other than the driver. Yeah, I'm not I'm not digging this bill. No. You can very easily drive safely with the dog crawling back and forth. Every dog likes sticking their head out the window. My old Shih Tzu p- pickles, when I used to go up to L.A. a lot, she would ride in my lap the entire way up there and the entire way back, and she wouldn't move the entire time, and, and, and it, it didn't affect me in any way driving. I mean, she never moved. Now, what I suggest your German Shepherd be hopping around in the front seat, and that's probably a little bit of a different story. I think the size of the dog matters a little bit, too. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, you know, I'm not one uh, that, you know, I, I've had really large breeds, and they love to stick their head out the window. They love to stick their head out the window. Um, so I don't know. What do you guys think about this? 888-344-1170. Oh, Pete loves to go back and forth. First, he's got to stick his head out the driver's side. Then he's got to stick his head out the passenger <laughs> side. He gets to, he has to test the air, Andrea, on both sides. Um, okay, we got to get I, – I need some advice on uh, – because um, I am going to be laying low this weekend because, you know, it's going to be cold and chilly and, you know, not much to do in San Diego when the weather's like this. So I've got a good book to read. Um, I would like to maybe watch a good movie. So I'm open to any suggestions anybody's got in terms of uh, movies to watch. Um, do you have a movie review for us you want to share? Uh, yeah, but you're going to have to get to the theater to go see this one, Andrea. Okay. Okay. Well, that's something I could do. That's something I could do when the weather's crappy. Yeah, go down to your local theater. Uh, actually, yeah. I've been a big fan, one of the characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I know you're not a big fan of the MCU, but Ant-Man, who is played by Paul Rudd, it's a very, they're, they're a very unique style of movies, and they're very quirky, they're very funny, and this is the third incarnation of the Ant-Man franchise, and Jonathan Majors plays the big bad as Kang the Conqueror, and you'd, be, you'd love it, Andre, because this movie is not woke in the slightest, <sighs> The CG okay. is absolutely amazing. It's got a great story, good versus evil storytelling. And there's even a cameo by good old Groundhog Day man himself, Bill Murray. Okay. Um, so it, it, so I'm assuming Ant-Man is like a, a, a superhero who saves people. Is that what we got He's, an, we got he's a superhero that saves people and he can grow extremely large or, stri- or shrink extremely small. Oh, so is that his superpower? That's his superpower. It, he it basically it's his, it's his power given by uh, the Michael Douglas character, which is the Ant Man suit. I don't get it. Michael Douglas is Michael suit? Douglas is like his his mentor who actually played around with this suit technology back in the uh, oh. decades past, and now he's kind of passed along the mantle to Paul Rudd. 
Oh, okay, got it. Um, well, I am a fan of Paul Rudd. He's good in just about everything he does. I think he's actually a really good actor. Yeah, and you know what people and you know what people are right when they say that he's aging better than anybody in Hollywood. Oh, he really I mean, is. He's like the same age as Brad Pitt, and and he looks like Brad Pitt's son. I saw him you know? in a horror movie back in the eighties, and he looks the same. Okay, reading some uh, comments here on Facebook Live. Um, Edward Strine says, not woke. The first Ant-Man was filmed in San Francisco. How ironic. Um, uh, Yasmin says, City of Hope on YouTube with Patrick Swayze. I loved it. I've never seen that movie. That would be, might be something for me to check out. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to check that out. I don't remember the last time I watched a really good movie. It's been a while. I was thinking I was going to have to go to a classic because uh, I haven't seen anything new in a anything while. Anything with really, Patrick Swayze really is good. usually pretty spectacular. What a class act he was. We he really we, was. That was know, a tragic ending. You know, he was, yeah, I think I think the 80s and 90s were probably the last decades in which we had classy actors that kept their politics to themselves, that never really had any bad rumors of drama and acting like jerks on the set, and they just showed up and just, you know, worked hard, and everybody loved them and were good to the fans when they were out in public. You know, God bless Patrick Swayze and that. I mean, we, we, you know, I don't even, I don't even recognize most of the stars. Like, you know, when I'm on, you know, in in the checkout line. Although I don't even know if we even have magazines anymore with celebrities or like people. Um, but anyway, you see him more in the bookstore, but you used to see him in the supermarkets all the time, and that's kind of disappeared. Well, it has. It has in part because, you know, the the advent of Internet has pretty much destroyed uh, so much of print publications. And, you know, magazines aren't what they used to be. I used to love magazines. Oh, my gosh. I still love magazines. Uh, just like I don't read Kindle. I don't I read my books. At, I want to hold an actual book. Yeah, and you read and it. I are the same there. And I do the same with magazines, too. Yeah. Um, you know, I still love listening to vinyl. Uh, records, you know, um, I'm old school when it comes to that. Um, you would so, love this. Right, one of yeah. my sons, so he's in his 20s. He loves vinyl. Yeah, I mean, old school. Uh, there's to me, there's just there's just something about it that's special. Um, I love the sound it makes when the needle goes down and starts on the record, and just it's just I, I love it. Um, so yeah, I'm going to check out City of Hope on YouTube this weekend. And I'm also open to other suggestions uh, for what I can do. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, final segment of tonight's AK show, Hero of the Week and Stink of the Week. AK, Dynamite in a Dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, don't call her fake news. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Uh, Yaz mentioned in the Facebook Live uh, comments that she had seen Jesus Revolution. We had a screening of that at the station a couple months ago, and I had a chance to see it, and I just thought it was phenomenal. It was entertaining. It was funny. Um, it was, it was so much better than I thought it was going to be because so many times Christian movies are, you know, just, they're not on the same level as like a major motion picture. And this one was, and I actually saw an interview with Kelsey Grammer the other day. I don't even remember what show he was on and he got choked up and was crying talking about this movie. And I, I just, if you haven't, I've always liked you, him. I've always liked him. You didn't get a chance to see the movie skins cause you were working while the rest of us were. 
we're in the conference room watching the movie. Um, so um, thank you for that, by the way. Uh, continuing to work while we were all watching a movie. But um, so if you get a chance to go see it, I definitely recommend uh, I recommend everybody go see go see this movie. Um, okay, time for Hero of the Week and Stink of the Week. Frankie says Hero AK working from home while under the weather and just in general. Oh, thank you, Frankie. Stink, he says, are the Dems. Edward says Hero is Mike Lindell and Stink is George Soros. Um, let's see who else we might have here. I think Yaz says Hero of the Week is Donald Trump for going to Ohio. And Stink of the Week is, I believe she, oh, I just lost it for a second. I think she said Stink of the Week was um, China and Russia. So who's your Hero of the Week and who's your Stink Skins? Hero is easy. Uh, I was actually looking for the clip, but can't find it. Of course, when you want it, it's never there. But I just... What Donald Trump did in Ohio was one of the best moves he's done in a long time. It wasn't just words. It was action. And when he walked into that McDonald's and says that he was here, he knew the menu better than anybody, and he was there to take care of the first responders, that warmed my heart. Yeah. Um, gosh, it just – it reminds you so – it reminded me – and yeah, Trump, Trump is my hero of the week. And it's and it's so I'm so glad he did it. He did not do it for the photo op. Shame on those saying that he did because he didn't have to do that. No, I'm sorry. No, there's no way he did because Trump knows that he he knew he was going to get excoriated like he did. He he absolutely knew knew that he did. Um, And, you know, just I, I, I think I talked about it last night or the night before. There has been story after story after story of of this. His entire personal and professional life is filled with stories of anonymously or behind the scenes where non-publicly where he spent a lot of money uh, to um, help find people's missing family members or reports of buying people cars or just whatever. I mean, this is this is just what he does. It's who he is. And uh, to see people mocking him is absolutely disgusting for it. And you know what? Um, you, I, I would have thought that it might have. It just goes to show that it didn't inspire anybody on the left. Nobody else has showed up. You would have thought that maybe some other some other Democrats would have showed up or said, you know what? We need to get a delegation there. We need to get a delegation on the ground in East Palestine, Ohio. They did nothing. They, didn't. they did absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. And yet, th- yet this is a party that wants to pretend that they care about the little guy, that it's the Republicans that the, that's the party of one percent at Wall Street, not the party of the average American. These, the, it, it, this is such a flashback to twenty sixteen because that that election was about the forgotten man, so much about the forgotten man, right? And that's how he was able to tear down that blue wall because there were African-Americans that were like, yes, yeah, seal that border because these the Democrats are letting these illegals in and they're taking our jobs. Right. He spoke the language of the hard hats. And and he, and, and he went to it because it, that's who he is at his heart. You know, he's a construction guy. Right. He's a guy who eats cheeseburgers and taco bowls. Right. And he, he may be a one percenter in terms of his bank account, but not in his spirit. No, right? his spirit's the everyman. His spirit's the everyman. And that reminds me, I wanted to read something uh, really quickly. I wasn't exactly sure. Remember, we played that clip of um, Buttigieg 
uh, claiming that, you know, oh, if, if Trump wants to do something, he needs to support getting rid of that regulation that caused this to happen. Well, there was some regulation that he's blaming that, that they could have easily overturned <clears throat> since the Biden administration has been, you know, controlling things for two years. Well, here's what he was referring to. Um, they've tried to blame <clears throat> Trump um, by saying that it was due to rolling back a safety rule, <clears throat> and that's inaccurate. <clears throat> and this from uh, Breitbart, the White House has pushed back on uh, <clears throat> uh, 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 da, da, da. Um, according to the website PolitiFact, a rail safety rule repealed as part of a broad regulatory rollback under the Trump administration would have had no impact on the East Palestine derailment. On Friday, the National Transportation Safety Board Chair Jennifer Homendy also admitted that the Trump administration's repeal, quote, would not have prevented the derailment. PolitiFact reported on February 15th, the Democrats claim that Trump repealed a safety rule was mostly true, but noted it would have had no effect on the train derailment. Um, the reason why it wouldn't have had any, any impact is that... Um, the the rolling back had to do it, it requiring high hazard cargo trains to be equipped with electronically controlled pneumatic brakes by 2023, allowing them to brake faster. Um, but that was related to high hazard cargo trains. Um, this train was not categorized as a high hazard cargo train. So and of course, you know, they're just continuing to trot out this lie. So this would not have have uh, that regulation had nothing at all to do with anything that happened in East Palestine. So there's that. Um, stink of the week. Who's your stink? People you don't know why they would ever vote for him, for somebody who, who, by the way, he placed someone with deep ties to the chemical industry in charge of the EPA's chemical safety office. That's who you voted for in that district. Donald Trump. Who reduces all safety? He yeah. did. Do in they show up at McDonald's and those voters yeah, saw something on the ground that yeah. probably it, resonates in a way that the they thing. need. Yeah, but they need to look past the photo ops, these people, and Wait. say who's doing the job here. Forget about the photo op. Showing up as a big showing thing, up. Though. I think, I think this community. is Donald Trump. It's what we just talked about. Yep. Absolutely despicable and disgusting. Weeks. Before he got there. Oh, yeah. Uh, Frankie says Trump paid for Diamond's entire funeral expenses. He's real. Yasmin says Trump would have prevented all this stuff that has gone down since Mumbles took office. Absolutely uh, correct. Hey, love you guys. Have a phenomenal weekend. We love you all so much. We'll see you Monday, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Thank you, Skins. See you on Monday. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.